This is Own Your Retirement with Albert Lalonde from Kaizen Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Albert Lalonde provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Own Your Retirement with Albert Lalonde. Hello, and welcome back to Own Your Retirement. My name is Albert Lalonde from Kaizen Financial Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, give us a call at 586-752-7008 or visit us online at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com. You know, I recently had a very interesting chat with a client who was interested in setting up a charitable trust. While my client had a good understanding of some of the things that go into setting up a charitable trust, they were taken aback by just how complex the process can sometimes be. Now, with that conversation with my client in mind, I thought we'd spend today's show discussing some of the mechanics as well as the pluses and minus of setting up a charitable trust. And let me address the first question that probably popped into your mind about this topic. No, you don't need to be wealthy to set up a charitable trust. (laughs) But let me first introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, who makes our show what it is thanks to his insights and good humor. Hey, Tony, how you doing, buddy? I am great. I'm doing good. I've had a great week, and it's just been crazy busy, Albert. I've been so busy with stuff at home, Mm -hmm. and you know, now we finally have gotten some good weather, so I've gotten outside a bit, trying to get some things done outside, which is nice. I love it. I love the spring. Um, fall is still my favorite season, but spring is, yes. is, uh, a close second, right? Definitely. So, yeah. So I've been good. Uh, how about you? What's going on over there? You've been keeping busy, haven't you? I, I have, you know, we're getting ready for our big state of the economy event here that we do every, uh, first quarter. And, uh, just like you been doing a lot of, uh, honey do list over the weekend, uh, <laughs> had a lot of projects that we got to knock off there i think we did like 10 or 11 projects over the weekend so it's kind of oh wow wow yes yes. you're knocking them out i love that well yeah and uh, of course talk about a crazy time uh you know Mm. with gas prices inflation market volatility and now uh last week the fed raised the interest rates uh, a quarter of a percent and they say they're going to do that six more times this year more than likely for sure um but you know what it's it's they're gonna have to do this and they're gonna have to be just be careful and 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 doing it so that you know we don't go over the top and uh right cause a recession but you know i i have faith in in them and that they're going to do what's what's needed sure uh, we shall see as the year goes but for sure this is going to be uh i would say a a unique year yeah (laughs) yeah it's going to be a year of uh financial craziness so especially those you know headed into retirement and nearing retirement they really have to be careful, don't they? And that's why uh, they need a plan and need to be working with somebody like yourself, correct? For sure. 
Definitely. I mean, to have a financial plan is the key here. Uh, when people call, when things like this happen, uh, it, it's amazing because, you know, most most uh, advisors would tell their clients just stay the course. But the problem is if you don't have a financial plan, you don't know what your course is. See, and yeah, so uh, there having you go. a financial plan, you know how if you're still on course or not. See, and that's what you right. want to be able to figure out. Right. Right. Well, you know, I, I know that uh, you've already hit on something in your intro there that that's important. You don't have to be wealthy to establish a charitable trust. I'm glad you sure. pointed that out. And I'm sure like a lot of folks listening right now, uh, my s- first instinct has always been, aren't charitable trusts for like millionaires and people like Jeff Bezos? <laughs> but I, I guess that's not the case then, is it? It, it definitely isn't. It's just a, a way to for everyone to, uh, you know, to maximize their charitable givens, you know, uh, a U.S. News and World Report, in fact, article, uh, should you set up a charitable trust, uh, has a lot of good information we can build our conversation around. So uh, before we get into the article, though, let me note that only an attorney can write a trust. So our conversation today is for informational purposes only. Uh, If today's conversation leaves you intrigued about establishing a trust, I'd urge you to work closely with both legal and tax experts. Now, uh, as the article explains, if you have extra assets and have a cause you deeply care about, a charitable trust may be a good option. Uh, Additionally, a charitable trust may also provide an avenue to pass your assets down without estate or gift tax implications. Well, Albert, I'm glad to hear you talk about this. And and I want to point out, as far as working with legal and tax experts, you uh, have a back-end staff and people you work with. You have attorneys and tax experts that you work alongside. So if our listeners do have questions about this, they should call and set up that complimentary consultation with you uh, because you need to be working with a financial services professional who's going to look at the big picture and help you coordinate all that uh, with an attorney to establish an estate uh, plan, right? For sure. Yes. You always want to make sure everyone's working together and making sure your overall objective is being being planned out and, and met. Sure. And if I'm remembering correctly, there are different types of charitable trusts. Is that right? That is definitely right uh, there, Tony. Uh, a charitable trust can be designed, in fact, in numerous ways uh, with various tax implications. However, the charitable remainder trust and the charitable lead trust are two very common types. Now, if you build a charitable remainder trust, you'll first use cash and other assets to fund it. From there, the trust pays out a stream of income to your family or beneficiaries during either their lifetime or an established window of time. When they die or the window closes, the assets that remain go to the charity. Okay, that makes sense. So uh, what do you think... um I mean, that seems straightforward. So what are the nuances then of a charitable lead trust? Well, you know, with the charitable lead trust, payments from the trust are sent to the charity first, and the remainder then goes to the beneficiary at the end of the established trust term. This kind of trust is often funded as a component of a legacy plan because it may reduce the beneficiary's tax burden. To put it simply, The estate receives a charitable deduction, and the beneficiary receives what's left. Clearly, choosing between a charitable remainder trust and a charitable lead trust can be difficult, which may mean working with an experienced financial service professional is probably essential. So what do you think some of the advantages of a charitable trust are? 
Well, the first significant advantage is that if you have a cause or organization that you're passionate about, you know that your assets may make a, re a very real difference. As many of my clients age, they begin to speak more about wanting to leave behind something that really matters, not just for the people they love, but maybe the causes that they care about. When it comes to more nuts and bolts matters, there are other possible advantages, not the least of which is potentially reducing both your own tax burden and the burden of your beneficiaries as well. Finally, if you're worried a sale may lead to high taxes, a charitable trust may be a good option. For example, a large capital gain of let's say $250,000 or higher may be enough of a taxable gain to give some people pause. But by designing a trust, you may be able to move that high gain asset into the trust, a strategy that makes the trust the asset's owner. Once the asset is in the trust, it can potentially be sold without getting smacked by the capital gains. Okay. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, it sounds like for some people out there, there are potential advantages, but now give us some of the disadvantages. I know there's always, <laughs> there's always some of both, right? <laughs> right. Well, I would say perhaps the biggest disadvantage to setting up a, a charitable trust is that there are fees for both establishing and managing it. Furthermore, uh, trust may often be irrevocable. And that means that if your financial needs or status change down the road, it can be extremely challenging to get your hands on those funds. Also, there's potential that your family or chosen heirs may not like your decision to donate some of your assets to a certain cause, which can then cause arguments and unhappiness. Okay, well, let's get back to a question that a lot of people have that you mentioned at the top of the segment, and that is how much money does someone need to establish a charitable trust? Is there a specific amount? Well, the simplest way to uh, put it is that you don't need to be rich to benefit from a charitable trust. Most importantly, you'll want to be certain that the potential advantages of a char charitable trust are greater than the various management costs that will be involved. And you'll also want to closely look at your current and future needs when deciding if you can spare assets. So essentially, the assets you contribute to a charitable trust should be surplus money, not money that's vital for your day-to-day -day needs. And the amount you place into the trust will ultimately come down to your circumstances and personal philosophy and values. Yeah. It's something you need to discuss with a financial services professional and, a, and an estate planning attorney. Uh, do you have anything um, you want to add here for our listeners? I think you should let them know how they can get a hold of you to set up that complimentary consultation. Yes, for sure. Listeners, you can visit my website at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com or you can also call my office at 586-752-7008 and discuss how we might be able to answer your questions and address your concerns about the path to your retirement. All right. Sounds good. And let's keep the show rolling. It's been a good one. You've looked at some of the advantages and drawbacks of establishing a charitable trust. And I know now you wanted to talk about another topic as well on the show, and that's retirement wealth gaps. And mm -hmm. of course, you know, people are worried that they'll have enough money for their preferred retirement to live on uh, the, their entire life in retirement. And I think a lot of folks out there who are in their late fifties or early sixties probably stare up at the ceiling at night, wondering if they're going <laughs> to get that retirement they really want. Right? 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that, uh, Derek Tony. In fact, uh, a Kiplinger article, uh, How to Calculate Your Retirement Wealth Gap, has some useful insights and information. So let's get uh, things rolling by first defining what exactly a retirement income gap is. Uh, the article has an excellent analogy. Uh, imagine that you're standing on the bank of a river, and the place you're standing in is your current financial status, which is made up of your income and all other assets. Now, the opposite river bank is your ideal retirement, and the water flow between the two banks, well, that's the gap you need to prepare for, Tony. Ah, I like that. Uh, let me get in on that analogy game because I think when it comes to getting from that current river bank to the one in the distance uh, or your working years to retirement, a financial services professional is like a trusty rowboat that can help you safely navigate across the river. I like that. Nicely done there, Tony. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I don't think it's any great revelation to note that if you don't have a strategy uh, and working with the financial professional, finding your way through the river's current to the other side is going to be incredibly challenging. Uh, just how important is a strategy? Well, let's use business owners as an example. Many business owners spend hours a day, every day, working at their business and worrying about it even when they aren't, well, actually working. So owning a business isn't for the faint of heart. It's an all-in endeavor. Now, accordingly, when you're working hard at your business, it can be easy to forget about what you need to do to get from your current riverbank to the distant re retirement riverbank. So in this example, some business owners believe they'll get across the retirement river by selling their business. But guess what? According to Kiplinger, only around 4% of businesses sell for what the owners think it's actually worth. That's only 4%, Tony. Wow. Yikes. Okay. So I find that one interesting. Um, uh, it's a stark example anyway. And my takeaway here, I guess, is just to strategize, right? Strategize, strategize, strategize. Definitely. And, and then strategize some more. <laughs> <laughs> Next. To know how wide your wealth gap is, you have to know where you are currently. You know, know your numbers. Accordingly, to measure your wealth gap, you must do a full rundown of all your current income-producing assets minus your business and your home. Okay. Well, uh, why should a person's home and business not be included? I, I don't understand that. Well, you know, the article notes, and I agree, that it's best to not think of your home as an asset for the topic we're discussing because it doesn't produce income. If you sell your home and downsize, you'll probably put some money in your pocket, but you'll still need a place to live, which will come with the cost, whether by a mortgage or rent. And then along those same lines, you shouldn't include your business when determining your wealth gap because in most cases, it won't be providing you with any income once you've retired from it. And while it's possible you'll be able to sell your business for, let's say, a great price, the reality is, as the article explains, only about 20% of businesses are able to be sold. So when it comes to figuring out your wealth gap, it's probably a smart, uh, I would say, move to operate under the assumption that you won't be able to sell your business. Yikes. Okay. So once we know where we are, what's next? Well, after you know where you are, it's time to figure out where you're going. And figuring out where you're going often comes down to some very broad but very important questions. When do you want to retire? Where do you want to retire? 
What kind of lifestyle do you want in retirement? Do you want to travel whenever the whim strikes you? So let's return to the example of a business owner. A lot of business owners list their smartphone as a business expense and therefore don't pay for it out of their pocket. But once they no longer own the business, the ability to write off their phone vanishes. That's exactly the kind of thing you need to consider when figuring out your wealth gap. Sure. And I think that example hits like a ton of bricks. I mean, I don't own a business, but I immediately started you know, running down the things I do pay for today in ways that I won't be able to when I retire. So that's, that's important. You're right. Uh, talk about uh, sit up and pay attention. That's, <laughs> that's that moment right there. Well, here, how about another example? Let's say your current lifestyle costs you in the neighborhood of, let's say $150,000 a year or roughly $12,500 a month. While that's a good starting point for your retirement income, you're still going to pay taxes. So you'll need a gross income in the ballpark of, let's say, 190000 to provide for your retirement needs. You should note the figure we use in the example will vary depending on your state's tax policies. Well, yeah, good point. And many of the topics we discuss each week end up making me feel grateful. I do work closely with a financial services professional. Uh, and because, you know, they get to know you, they meet your needs and goals. And I think that's why our listeners need to pick up the phone and give you a call, Albert. <laughs> I mean, for sure. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, you are working with a financial professional. Uh, I've been a financial service professional for over 20 years. But okay, if that doesn't mean I've lost my abilities to see how confusing, overwhelming things like figuring out your wealth gap can be. But as you said, working with the financial service professional may help you make more sense of everything you need to do to get ready for the retirement you want. And avoid making those mistakes that can be very costly and could cost you your retirement or a comfortable retirement at least. So uh, it is key. Give our listeners that number and how they can reach you to set up that complimentary consultation. For sure. They can reach me at 586-752-7008 or as always, go to my website at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com. And don't forget, while at my website, click on the uh, podcast page to check out all of our previous shows and also to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. All right. That sounds great. Now, during our first segment, you discussed charitable trusts, and now we're talking about that potential income gap in retirement. An eye-opening show so far today, Albert. What do you have for us next? Well, you know what? Let's continue with the Kiplinger article, How to Calculate Your Retirement Wealth Gap. So the next critical topic the article addresses is the wealth gap formula. For the sake of example, it assumes you have $1 million in assets, uh, let's say with the 4% distribution rate. In retirement, you'll need about $190,000 pre-taxes to have an annual income of about $150,000. That means you need around $3.8 million to close your wealth gap. Wow. Okay. Uh, but how does, uh, how, how do they arrive at that number? Well, first you have to understand your current financial picture from there, determine the pre-tax income you'll need to maintain your current position during your retirement. Next, calculate the size of the lump sum you'll need to maintain that income using the 4% rule. Lastly, subtract your assets to determine your wealth gap. In fact, in the article's example, you'd need $4.8 million to earn the necessary $190,000 of gross 
yearly income from the 4% distribution rate, a figure that was arrived at by just dividing 190000 by 0.04 or by 4%. From there, uh. $4.8 million minus your $1 million in assets leaves you with the wealth gap of $3.8 million. Okay. So where does Social Security fit into all this? Ah, well, the article sticks to uh, its previous calculations and adds an extra $40,000 per year in Social Security benefits. But make sure you think bigger than that, uh, $40,000, because the $40,000 in benefits combined with the $40,000 from your 4% distribution rate reduces your income gap to about $2.8 million. Wow, okay. Um, that's quite the difference. Oh, it certainly is, Tony. You know, shrinking your wealth gap by a million bucks definitely shows how important Social Security can be for some folks. But let's not forget that in this scenario, you're still staring at a 2.8 million wealth gap. If you're 45, you need to save roughly around $8,833 a month with a very hypothetical return of 7% just to make up the difference before you turn 60. Ouch. Uh that should make you break out into a cold sweat, <laughs> right? Well, give us some steps that people can take to close potential wealth gaps and not get uh, into these situations. Yes, I was hoping you'd ask that, Tony. Uh, in fact, the first step is to work part-time. <laughs> but don't panic. As a Motley Fool article, Eight Best Strategies for Retirement, uh, Income Makes Clear, uh, working part-time doesn't mean delaying retirement. Working part-time on your terms and on your schedule, simply provide some extra revenue to go along with Social Security and other assets. For example, if you work 20 hours a week doing something you like uh, for like, let's say $18 an hour, you'll be earning another $1,890 in gross income. Yeah. And I'm glad you emphasize that working part-time doesn't mean you have to do something you don't like or don't want to do. I think there are a lot of opportunities out there for people to earn extra money doing something that's both flexible and that they'll enjoy in retirement. For sure. Definitely. Now, the article next emphasizes the value of tax efficiency. You know, Uncle Sam taxes different types of savings in very different ways, and understanding the differences can go a long way in helping you secure more income in retirement. For example, if you've had a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k for at least five years and are at least 59 and a half, you may be able to take tax-free withdrawals. If you currently have a traditional IRA or 401k, you may want to work with a financial services professional to discuss the pros and cons of converting maybe to a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. Okay. So am I right that a health savings account can also play a role in providing some retirement income? Right, you are, Tony. Uh, in fact, while health savings accounts, uh, which are often simply referred to as HSAs, um, are primarily designed to cover your medical expenses at all ages, you may also be able to use them for some non-medical expenses. Doing so before age 65, though, comes with a penalty. But once you've hit that birthday, you can use your HSA much like you do a traditional IRA with regular taxes on withdrawals but you'll also have the bonus perk of tax-free medical withdrawals and no required minimum distributions. Nice. Well, I think a lot of people are probably surprised when they get a sense of just how much flexibility HSAs can provide. Oh, for sure. For sure. 
Now, downsizing is another way uh, to potentially maintain your preferred retirement lifestyle as well. You can move to a smaller home, a more affordable community, or both. Uh, when discussing moving to a smaller home to, uh, let's say, save money with my clients, I also encourage them to remember that a smaller home means fewer expenses, less upkeep, and more financial flexibility to travel and enjoy new hobbies. Well, that sounds great. And I think this has been a great show today, Albert. Is there anything else you want to add before we go today? You know, if you have any questions about charitable trusts, retirement wealth gaps, or your financial strategy, I encourage you. Go visit my website, www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com, or even call my office, 586-752-7008. You know, it's our goal to help you prepare for retirement you've worked so hard for. All right. Well, thank you so much, Albert. And great show, great topics today. Uh, You came loaded for bear, and uh, we really had a good show. (laughs) I, I think important topics that people need to understand, but uh, work with a financial services professional, that's for sure. And that does it for today's episode of Own Your Retirement with our host, Albert Lalonde. Thank you for listening to Own Your Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Albert Lalonde at Kaizen Financial Group. Call 586-752-7008 or visit them online at kaizenfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Kaizen Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Michigan. Insurance products and services are offered through Kaizen Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. Albert Lalonde and Kaizen Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.